if you make a little bit of progress on something and then you reach out for help, people are very willing to give you a lot of time and attention and help, you know, generally from what I've seen. But it's very crucial that you've made those first couple of steps yourself. Welcome back to Star of the Doubts. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Easley. And of course, joining me is Miss Christine. Miss Christine, Hi. we have missed you. How are you doing? I know, it's been crazy lately. I'm doing very well. How about you? Yeah, hanging in there. It's been a while since we've done a podcast. So um, yes. it's great to be able to connect with you. And then it's also great to join our guest today, who is David Frankel. David, uh, why don't you uh, come on and say hello here? Hi, how's it going? I'm <laughs> so glad to be here today. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. And David, one of the reasons is that I wanted to have you on the show so Christine and I can chat with you is you have a really compelling story that, or what I consider compelling. Uh, but before we get to that, there's going to be a number of people who are like, David Frankel, I'm not sure I know who that is. And that's okay. I know you wear a lot of hats. You do marketing. You're more of kind of an independent creative. If I understand, you went to Harvard. So just tell us about yourself. Give us some background for people that just aren't familiar with what you, who you are or what you've been doing. Yeah, sure. So I'd be surprised if any of your listeners recognize my name or my voice or anything like that. So and that's okay. uh, happy to introduce myself. Yeah, so I went to Harvard. I graduated in the fall of 2018. I studied English, and that was after a period where I thought I was going to study a number of different things, including neurobiology. But I ended up getting a degree in English. And everybody always asked me, so what are you going to do with that? How are you going to make money? Which I find very annoying. But I guess it's kind of a fair question. So what do you do with an English degree? Well, immediately after graduation, I went to Switzerland for a summer on a grant from Harvard to do some research in the physics department at a Swiss university. And then after that, I went to teach math at a high school in England again, through like a fellowship. So obvious choices for an English major. I'm sure that's what every English major does. <laughs> studying ph- uh, uh, studying physics and then teaching math in England. Okay. So <laughs> not the path I would have considered that you, uh, at least started on. Yeah, it was been a weird couple of years. Uh, and I guess it all started with the road trip. Well, and we're going to get to that. But, you know, right now you're you're kind of a little bit of a digital nomad. I mean, Last time we talked, you're living in Chicago, but you've been kind of checking out different cities. And that's kind of a fascinating thing with COVID going on. So I wanted to maybe touch on that before we, we dive into your yeah, sure, uh, sure. story. Uh, you know, what's that been like for you? Yeah, so I, I'm a restless kind of guy. I'm very independent and it's hard for me to stay in one place. So I was in England when the pandemic hit. I was still teaching and then... It was middle of March and the WHO declared a pandemic. My boss called me into his office and was like, you should book a one-way ticket home, pack up as much stuff as you can and plan on not coming back. So I had like three days to pack up and move out. And I was also teaching at the time. It was very stressful. A couple of days went to California, which is where I'm from. And my parents are in like a high risk group. So I quarantined at a cousin's for two weeks and then went home. I was living at home for eight months. During that time, I looked for a job, had a lot of trouble finding a job, ended up finding a job, which 
it was basically the same job I was doing as a summer intern the summer after sophomore year in college. So I was like 24, living at home, had the same job. It felt like I went five years back in time or something. It was very trippy. And shortly after I got the job, I realized like I need to change the scenery. I've been at home too long. I'm either going to like strangle my parents or I need to get out of here. So I went and stayed with a couple of friends in LA. I was staying on their couch and it was nice to have a change of scenery, just have some different people that I was seeing instead of just being my parents. And LA is a nice city. I plan on moving there someday. And, and now I'm in Chicago. I met my girlfriend and it's, I mean, it's a weird time to be anywhere because of the pandemic. David, I, I totally hear that. And I, I think it's interesting that in the midst of, of uh, craziness and a lot of uncertainty, you've been able to, to still kind of uh, stay true to yourself and be kind of have some fun with it and be in some different locations. And so I want to ask a quick question to Miss Christine. So Christine, if you had a chance and you said, okay, you know what? I want to go on a across the country road trip. And, but I don't, I don't want to just do this out of my own pocket. Like I want to have someone pay for it. You know, have you ever had thoughts like that? Has that ever interested you? I want a road trip sponsored by Tesla. <laughs> well, Sorry. Tesla or yeah, whoever. Yeah. I, okay. So I'm guilty of that too, Christine. Like I, I've always thought, man, it'd be nice to to just go do something fun and adventurous and exciting. And and then I don't have to pay for it. Somebody else pays for it. And, right. Um, you know, but it's one thing to think about it. And it's one thing to actually do it. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have David on today is David is not just somebody who sits around and thinks about it. He actually takes action on this stuff. So, David, let's talk about the grand idea of, hey, I'm going to have a road trip and you know what? I really don't want to pay for it. So let's just start there. Yeah. So a friend from high school and I have been talking about doing a road trip across the country since high school graduation and we never got the chance to do it. And then I had another friend from college who we had talked a few times about, wouldn't it be really fun to go on a trip across the country? So I started to try and organize it. but both of them were pretty reluctant to, you know, come up with a number, say like, this is how much I'd be willing to spend. So it made planning really hard. And eventually one of them was like, I, I can't spend anything. I've got to save up. I'm moving to LA. This was my college friend. We were in Boston at the time. So he, he couldn't spend anything. So instead of, you know, trying to come up with something cheaper to do, I, I was like, hey, man, what if, you know, what if you didn't have to spend anything and we could still do it? And he was like, you know, obviously I would do it then. So that's kind of what sparked the whole thing is we, we just didn't have any money to do this road trip. So we started thinking creatively about how can we still do it without any money? And eventually we came up with the idea of let's, you know, partner with the company and see if maybe they can pay for it. I think most people would say, okay, I want to do the road trip. Oh, I don't have any money. It would probably stop there for most people. <laughs> but for you, David, that you know, you were just like, oh no, we'll just have someone else pay for it. So how does it go from let's have someone else pay for it to now, okay, now I've got to come up with a plan to pitch whomever. And how in the world do you tell them, hey, we're gonna take this road trip and by the way, we want you to pay for it? Like, what's the win-win there? <laughs> so so kind of walk us through that process. Okay. How did you start yeah, yeah. determining, uh, okay, who do I, who do I contact? Like, how do I even find these people? 
what do I even say to them? Like, uh, these are all <laughs> like mind boggling yeah. questions to me. <laughs> so I think the question actually didn't seem all that weird to me or my friend at the time. And I think one way to I explain why it me. wasn't super yeah. weird was like, look back, you know, a year and a half. Actually, at this point, it was just a year, 2017, February, way before any of this road trip stuff. And me and the same friend, Tom, we decided to make make an advertisement for M&Ms. And we were not contracted by M&Ms. We had no relationship with the company. I just had this idea for a video. It involves a lot of red balloons, M&Ms falling from balloons out of the sky. And it just seemed like a really... It was one of those ideas I, I couldn't get out of my head. So I was like, I, I, I've got to do this, you know, for my own sanity. And I convinced my friend to help me out. We storyboarded it. We came up with, you know, lists of supplies and locations and actors and basically just had a lot of fun doing it. So we had worked together on stuff like this before. It was so much fun. I mean, the worst part, though, is we got... There was this crucial scene where we had like all of the actors on a roof and they're releasing this big bunch of balloons with, you know, some M&Ms attached to them. And, and the balloons are supposed to float off. And, and I forgot, you know, I, I spent the whole night before filling like 400 balloons with helium and they were just like in my room. My room was filled with these red balloons and I had to bring these balloons to the location at like 6 a.m. and it was, it's February in Boston. It's super cold. So what do the balloons do? They, they sink off the roof. It was, oh, no. <laughs> it was so sad. Oh man. Uh, yeah. My heart just sank. And it's the, one of those things you can't, you can't just reset and do another take. We had, we had one chance to get it and they just sank off of the roof, but we still pulled the video together. So it was our experience with that. And with this group we were in, in college, the lampoon that, you know, gave us the confidence that, you know, we're not sure that this is going to work, but we kind of know how it would work if it was going to happen. So we put together like a video portfolio. We put together a pitch. We put together different pitches for, we figured like who could possibly be interested in this. We figured, well, we'll make some sort of video content, some social media content, and they'll give us money for the road trip. It'll be a win-win. So we first thought of like industries. So we thought of, you know, well, Red Bull does a lot of this stuff. Let's reach out to energy drinks. What are the things people do on road trips? They, they go to restaurants. Let's reach out to restaurants. Where do people stay on road trips? They stay at hotels. Let's reach out to hotels. And we got a bunch of emails just kind of manually scraping the internet. It took, I don't know, a couple of hours. It wasn't all that hard. It wasn't all that fun either. And then we... Well, I want to pause there for a second, David. So if you sure, say, sure. okay... Here's a hotel like Marriott, for example, and you say, "Okay, I want to contact Marriott." What do you? How do you even contact Marriott? Like, how does that even work? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So most of the time, we had to think of you know who would be the people at these companies that would have control of the budget and be able to approve these things. So we thought, okay, it's going to be some sort of content, social media work. So we reached out to marketing managers, social media managers, and basically anyone we could find in that department. And I don't mean like anyone, like we didn't reach out to seven people at one company, but sometimes we had trouble finding a marketing person. So we'd instead reach out to a social media person and we'd 
just go on like LinkedIn and search, you know, company marketing. And there are tools that you can use to get people's email addresses off of LinkedIn. Yes. What, getemail.io, I think is one of them. Yeah, there's a bunch. I haven't used them in a while. I think that was it. Okay. Yeah, I've seen some of those tools, so I'm familiar with that. So so you're basically using LinkedIn to try to determine who some of these people are. And, and then you're just kind of, it's kind of a crapshoot, I guess, right? You're reaching out to them and, and hoping yeah, we, they're going to respond. We had no expectations. We thought, okay, you know, a good response rate is, you know, 5% or 2%. So if we sent, I think we sent in total like, 500 or 600 emails we were like if we get if we get like 20 back we'll be happy and so we then we wrote up this pitch and i'm pretty proud of this pitch we put a lot of time into it you obviously need to you know get their attention like we suggested what we were going to do but we didn't really say like here is you know a b c d what we're going to do for your company because we were using mail merch so we didn't you know there, there were lots of different size companies and different types of companies on these lists. So, so about ideas of possibilities, but leaving it open to their suggestions as well. Yeah. Here, here's the line. We want to do something targeted, fun, and creative to help you generate advertising materials and spur word of mouth attention. We'd like to talk to you about our ideas in more detail over a phone call. Okay. So just very, very vague. And before that, we listed, we had a link to our video portfolio and had like briefly talked about some of the other things we'd done. And then, you know, we just sent it out, had basically no expectations. You know, it'll be cool if we get 20 responses. So 600 emails total, there were like 250 restaurants and we got something like 50 responses just from restaurants. Oh, that's great. Uh, Wow, that's nice. So we didn't, have you know phone calls with all of them we had we did have phone calls with like 30 of them though so it was crazy for like three weeks me and tom had like seven or eight phone calls a week and we had to schedule these in with our you know our classes and our other commitments so i i basically had tom give me like what's your schedule for the week i'll you know offer them these slots and keep track of like who's responding to what that was it was insane like how much of a response we were getting so we had phone calls with like arby's quiznos what's the oh panera i i'm still very mad at panera we talked to <laughs> uh, oh no what did panera do <laughs> christine loves panera yeah. i do <laughs> uh, i I can't look at Panera the same way after this experience. Oh, well, we got to hear this. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, oh, we, we had this conversation with Panera's marketing team. It was lovely. We were like, here's kind of what we're doing. And they were releasing their delivery product like right at this time. So they were like, okay, well, this is going to fit in great with our delivery campaign, blah, blah, blah. And then we, they were like, why don't you come into our office and, you know, uh, some small town outside of Boston and you can give a presentation to our chief marketing officer. And I was like, wow, okay, you know, this this is great. And then like gave it a week, no response. It replied back like, hey, can we still get on the schedule? I think we got something on the schedule and then they emailed us like a few days before, can't do it. And then we were like, okay, well, Panera's done. That's fine. And I wasn't even going to be mad because you obviously expect rejection when you're doing something like this. But sure. over the summer, while we were doing this road trip, we saw just randomly on Twitter, 
Panera was doing their own road trip. They copied our idea. And I even oh. sent an email to the guy like, you know, I, I see you're doing this road trip. It's like, what? cool that you are doing this next time. Like, it would be good if you involved the people who brought the idea to your attention and no response. Yeah, so they, yeah, they stole our idea. idea. Yeah. yeah, That's so shady. I know. I'm never and eating I at Panera think, again. Right. So I, I think they, they like partnered with Jeep and the drivers got to keep the cars and they did like, I don't know, like we could have feasibly done what they did. They like drove in a little, like on the GPS, they had the drivers make like a little sandwich shape, like making short little, little videos of delivering food to people in these different cities. Like it just, we were so mad. Like all of us saw this and we were on the road trip for, for the Cheesecake Factory. And we saw that Panera was doing this and we we're like, they stole our idea. We were just obviously infuriated. Is, so is there anything you could have done? <laughs> is there anything you could have done differently to protect that idea? Or is that just kind of right? I think that's just kind of how it works. I mean, win <laughs> oh, some, lose some. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can't. You can't like copyright an idea. I think if it was like we were an incorporation and like more official and had people like sign NDAs or so, like that would probably yeah. be the only way. But we're just a couple of college kids at this point. We're not going <laughs> to we're not going to do that. Like we're, we're yeah, just was, happy was, these companies are talking to us. That was more involved than what you had in mind. I, I totally right, that. right. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, so eventually, uh, aside from the Panera debacle, you, you do have a conversation with, with Cheesecake Factory, and that uh, goes in a positive direction. So what was that conversation like with them, and how were they receptive to your idea, and, and kind of how that process worked from, okay, here's an idea to, hey, let, let's figure out how the best way to team up and work together yeah. on this. Yeah, so the conversations with these companies, they all went in like similar directions. Like First, we talked them through generally like what we could do and we said we can make like ads we could do something a little more involved like tell like a longer narrative of you know we're traveling across the country and then they tell us like what ideas they you know like and then they we'd say okay we'll put together a proposal so in the proposal for some of these like tom spent like hours on the graphic design and you know, I, I would do the writing and he would do the graphic design and we came up with the the budget numbers together. And so we offer like, you know, we can do a treasure hunt. We can do like get clues at the different locations and they'll lead us to the next restaurant. And so that was one thing that we offered to a couple of companies. Another thing was and we offered this to Chipotle. And Panda Express had a great conversation with Steve Ells, and we actually got some Chipotle gift cards. I love Chipotle. That was worth it. Just I was that. like, please, yeah. please don't have a bad Chipotle experience. Yeah, I, I don't even, I don't even yeah. need a road trip to get, you know, I would, I would settle for the, the free gift cards. Right, right, right. So this next idea was. You know, these companies are really proud of where they get their ingredients. So let's go to the actual farms where they source their ingredients and talk to the farmers and kind of track like the 
the whole farm to table thing. So that's something we offered to a couple of companies. And then this was something I was like really excited about that we also offered, but didn't happen. And then I'll tell you what happened. But this next one, we offered like Quiznos and Arby's, like we're going to go in search of the great American sandwich. And we're going to get like cheese from this region and bread from this region and hot peppers from this region. And, you know, at the end, go to like some, you know, we were picturing like a, like a lab and people wearing like white lab coats and, you know, everything's like painted white and there's instruments and we're going to like put together the, the great American sandwich that didn't happen. And what ended up happening was the cheesecake factory. I think they saw that we were being like maybe a little bit too ambitious with these other ideas. And they just said, well, we'd love if you just talk to people at our restaurant and you know, did some interviews, wrote up some articles about who you're talking to and then put them up on social media. And that's what happened. So we would find interesting people in the cities we went to, and then we'd meet at the Cheesecake Factory. We'd film the interview. We'd share some cheesecake. And then we wrote up some articles and posted them to social media. And this tied in with, you know, we're looking for great American stories. The whole trip, the social media pages were called like In Search of America with David, Tom and Jacob. And so we were we were in search of like good American stories. And uh, are these still online, David? Yeah, yeah. The, okay. They're still online. If people want to look that up, uh, how do they look that up? So I think the like at handles for Instagram and Twitter are the same it's in search of usa and i think that's also the url on facebook but you can also just search like in search of america with david tom and jacob okay yeah so that that's what we actually ended up deciding on and it took a series of like phone calls and negotiations to actually get that down into like a paper contract but we did we got a contract to at the end of the negotiations Okay, and, and to be clear, the contract was really you weren't looking to to make bank off this. This was just, hey, we want to do this trip, and we'd like for you to cover our expenses. So that that's really what this was, right? They're they're saying, okay, yeah, yeah, we um, we'll cover your trip. Yeah, we just we basically we put together a list of expenses and you know estimated how much we would need, and we, we said we we're not trying to make a profit. We just want to do this at cost. And, you know, have, have some fun and, and adventure along the way. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So you achieved that. Awesome. <laughs> right. I don't see how you couldn't when you, when you're, yeah, when you're, <laughs> everything's covered. Okay. So I love that. Now I do want to ask, and I only got about 10 more minutes here, so we're going to have to start to wrap this up. Sure. Um, sure. But um, the, the uh, okay. So, so you figured out financially how much this would cost. They, they agreed to some, I guess, to that. and. How did that payout work? Is that something they just cut you a check or how did that work? We got bank transfers. There were three of us on the trip, uh, me, Tom, my college friend, and then Jacob, my high school friend. And okay. we were listed as like independent contractors. There were some lines in the contract about like liability and insurance. And obviously we we covered all of that. And then we got one payment at the beginning and one payment at the end. Okay. So you, you basically had everything you need. You went on the trip. 
Now, one of the things we know, we talked about, and we will touch on this just for a minute or two, is uh, you did some, uh, or, or you had an option to do Cheesecake Factory trivia. And so I want to hear a little bit about that. And then I want to see if uh, Christine can hang with some Cheesecake Factory trivia. I think she's a, a Cheesecake Factory <laughs> uh, fan. So, yeah. She's not so denying I, uh, it, so that must be true. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there was never like Cheesecake Factory trivia. Uh, it was just like, I am now a trivia bank full of, I, I have a trivia bank full of knowledge because I've seen, I've spent so much time with the company. So uh, true or false, everything at the Cheesecake Factory is made fresh from scratch every day. True. I'm going to go with false. It's true, which is, oh, wow. it was okay. surprising to me because they have like a 30 page menu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, nothing frozen. It's all, it's all from fresh from scratch. And you know, there's like a, a very unique style to Cheesecake Factory uh, restaurants, and it's overall very consistent across the country. But there was one city where it was just a, a, an extremely, you know, divergent style inside the restaurant. Any guesses what the city was? Uh, Denver. No, Denver was pretty standard, standard uh, Cheesecake then, Factory. Uh, I don't know. I'll let Christine guess. I don't know. You said it was. What what was going on with it again? I'm yeah, sorry. You gotta choose oh, a city. Like, where you... <laughs> I mean, if you yeah, if you go into any cheesecake factory in the country, you're basically gonna get the same layout and the same design. Except for my experience was there there, there was one restaurant where Detroit. Uh, I didn't see the Detroit Cheesecake Factory. I don't know if there is one there, but uh, that that was not it. That one was too ratchet for them to visit. <laughs> They didn't let them go to like, Detroit. They wanted to keep them safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, yeah, you, you don't even three. know my route. So, yeah, sorry, yeah that, that's another thing. Is how, how was the route determined? Did you just get to go wherever you want, or did they tell um, you where to go, or how did that work? We had some limitations. Like, they wanted us to see, to visit a cheesecake factory in every city we stayed in. So, we kind of had to uh, follow, like, the cheesecake factory cities. We couldn't go to like the middle of nowhere where there is no cheesecake factory. That was really our one limitation. And then the three of us each submitted our own routes and they picked their favorite. And so we went down from Boston. The, the whole trip was Boston to LA because Tom was moving to LA. Uh, Jake and I are both from California. So we went down from Boston to North Carolina to Raleigh. Then up and across to Chicago, passing through Nashville, St. Louis, and then from Chicago to Minneapolis, down to Des Moines, Omaha, Denver, then Salt Lake City, and Las Vegas, and then L.A. Nice. I would say that's a pretty uh, a pretty good experience. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was three weeks long, so we weren't ever really rushed. Well, there was one night we needed to get from Raleigh to Nashville and like we were like planning on spending the night in Raleigh and then we got a call from Mr. Cheesecake and they said, actually, <laughs> we need you. We need you in Nashville tomorrow. So we uh, we, we, we drove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we zipped on over to Nashville. That was really was the that one like time. Six hours, six, seven hours, I would think. Yeah, it was it was like six yeah. hours. And. I mean, they had a reason for it, too. They wanted us in Nashville for their Father's Day brunch because they planned something for us oh. in their kitchen. We did like a little walkthrough of their kitchen. Oh, cool. 
delicious Father's Day brunch. If you have, yeah, if you have the chance to do it. And then we ended up extending it one week. So it was supposed to be three weeks at the start. And then partway through, we realized we, we don't have much time to like edit the videos or do pre-production planning. So we, we need a little bit more time. Mr. Cheesecake, please give us another week. And he did. Awesome. Well, man, okay, so I guess a couple final questions because uh, we got to wrap this up. Right. One is, what, what's your go-to Cheesecake Factory item that you order now? And I want to hear Christine's answer Ooh. first. Christine, <laughs> what, what's your... <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember what I got. I've actually only been to Cheesecake Factory like twice. I've only been there like twice and I think I might have had a pasta dish one time and then I think the second time we had like just a whole bunch of appetizers and we just like went in on them oh fair <laughs> enough I, I I like the chicken it's like the oh my gosh it's it's uh it's like lettuce wraps I like the lettuce wraps David yeah those yeah, those. those are good so now I, I also have a, a nearly encyclopedic knowledge of the Cheesecake Factory menu. I can still like picture where different things are on the menu. And But the surprising thing is like me, Tom and Jacob, we, we would try and get something different at every single stop and right. we would all share. And even doing that, we still only tried like 30% of the menu. It was like a, a, a little insane just how, how many options there are at the Cheesecake Factory. We still have not tried like two thirds of the menu. We've tried most of the cheesecakes. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so how much weight preferences. did you guys gain on this road trip? Like, <laughs> that's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting you ask. Before we went, they had us send them our like social media pages, and I'm sure they wanted to find out like, <laughs> are we posting pictures of you know sketchy things or illegal things? But like, Jacob okay, was okay. also Chris, like, Christine is eliminated. <laughs> Jacob was also oh, thinking like maybe they want to see like if we're like skinny guys who can handle eating at the Cheesecake Factory for one month straight. <laughs> but I guess we passed the test, and that that is not confirmed. So uh, well, I wish that. But been yeah, we we so we all gained right. about ten or fifteen pounds. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> I can't think so of any way to do that. <laughs> right. Back to, back to answer your question, my go-to now is the Cajun jambalaya pasta. I think I had that oh. twice. We broke our own rules of like not ordering the same thing twice, but I I had to get that twice. It was so good. Mm. Just like spicy seafood and pasta with perfection I'm, I'm like a walking ad for the cheesecake factory now i think so um well david we only got about a minute left so we'll just make this quick i know you got a couple of other projects that are on your heart and on your mind i hope we we can bring you back and talk about some of those because uh, yeah, you know talked yeah. offline and it's like oh my gosh that's such a great idea we won't we'll, we'll just hint on it here and not go into it uh but david okay. there's probably people that want to say hey they want to connect maybe they want to ask you a question maybe they've got some endeavor on their heart and Maybe you're the guy that, that can give them some clarity. Um, how do people say hi to you online if, uh, if they want to connect? Yeah. So I guess the best way to do that would be on LinkedIn. You can just search David Frankel. Um, it's F-R-A-N-K-L-E. I'm happy to connect with anyone and chat on there. Great. Right on. All right. So, David, uh, we always close out with final thoughts. So we'll make this quick. Final thoughts for someone that wants to do something big. Yeah. So my general philosophy on this now is that 
if you make a little bit of progress on something and then you reach out for help, people are very willing to give you a lot of time and attention and help, you know, generally from what I've seen. But it's very crucial that you've made those first couple of steps yourself. So I think it would have been impossible to do the Cheesecake Factory road trip without having already made some videos and having already, you know, built up a little bit of a portfolio. But since we did that, I think people were willing to take a chance on us and help us. And, you know, every, like at the end, we were at the Cheesecake Factory headquarters and they were like, of, of course, we wanted to help make this happen. You know, everybody who hasn't wanted to do a road trip across the country just sounded like a fun idea that we were happy to help with. And I hope they got some good social media attention, too. We um, put some videos up and gave them, uh, you know, hope, I hope we found the American story we were looking for. <laughs> well, I definitely look forward to checking it out. Again, where, where can people look that up? Yeah, so it's In Search of America with David, Tom, and Jacob. Okay. And people can check that out on Facebook and, and probably find some of that on Instagram and Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Well, David, I appreciate that. I look forward to having you back on because I want to talk about uh, some of the other ideas that you're kind of brainstorming now and potentially going to uh, pursue here soon. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm already like, oh, man, that would be so awesome if you could pull this off. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away yet. I don't want okay. uh, I, I don't want Panera stealing your idea. So, <laughs> so yeah, Manny, thank you. Panera, okay. <laughs> and th- yeah, thanks, thanks so much, so much. for your this time. Been a lot of fun. And, and thanks to uh, Miss Christine and, and look forward to chatting again. Okay. Bye. Right.